0: The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network.
1: Turn to Matt Slick Live for answers, taking your calls, and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. I'm out of breath. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so, oh man, right before the show, not all day, right before the show. Hey, can you give me this? Can you do that? Can you move this? Move that? <laughs> and so running and doing the honeydew list really fast. And she needs it. My wife needs it. And uh, may have to go to the break and get some more stuff for her. She's having a rough time. You know, being married to me just can't be easy. You know, I mean, I she's, I bet you my wife right now, she's downstairs, didn't even hear me say that. I bet you right now, she just went, Amen. And then, went, why did I say that for I bet you that happened. I'm going to ask her, did you spontaneously say Amen for no apparent reason? And if she looks at me, she goes, Did you say something? I go, Yep. She'll go, Yeah, figures. I bet you. Whew. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 87720 I want to hear from you. Give me a call there we go and uh, oh man yeah just a busy day alright I think that's it I think we are good with uh, with the rumble stream I hope it's working maybe Charlie could tell me if it's working or not I don't know five open lines if you want to give me a call eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. I want to hear from you give me a call and today I love this date 12-12-2022 now it would have been better if it was 12 12 2020 but I remember when it was, what was uh, It was I remember that date. That was fun. I have this weird thing about numbers. All right, hey, five open lines. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. 8772072276. i you know that the last week. Of the year uh, I'll not be on the radio Luke will not be on the radio there's gonna be no radio live that is we're just gonna do pre-record shows the last uh, live show that of the year will be the 22nd of December and then the 23rd Friday is day off and then on uh, Monday uh, January 2nd is a day off because it's the day after New Year's and then we'll be back on the air on um, on the 3rd so I'll be off from the twenty-third to the third, and so no live radio. So if you have questions, you got to ask then, after then, or before then. So there you go. And also, just by uh, just by way of info um, on this, on January second, that will be the official um, that'll be the official uh, date of my my start of radio five days a week, eighteen years ago. So I started doing radio five days a week, 18 years ago. And I remember how it worked out. I was here in the Boise, Idaho area. And Diane Selner, she's since gone to Booth the Lord. Uh, she worked with Carm a lot. She was great. She was awesome. And Diane said, man, you've got to get into radio. You know, you got to do radio. You have a radio voice, as she said, and you have all this stuff. Why don't you get into radio? Well, I don't know about it. And uh, anyway, long story short, I started uh, inquiring. The radio station's around here. And only one of them uh, took me seriously. Uh, a lot of them would say, "No, we don't talk to people like you, because of an SDA Seventh Day Adventist Radio Station. We're not going to have you on." <laughs> so that was out. And another show didn't, or another station didn't do uh, talk shows, and so this one station did, and we got talking. And they said, "You know, it really sounds good. We've had one other person that did a call-in show. We'd like to have another one." And I said, "Well, really." So we negotiated a price, and I started on January the second, eighteen years ago. Not 1842, something might want to say. So uh, I remember the first day, the first day of radio. Radio was 18 18 years ago. Um, So what happened was the people, it's a family owned station, they were great. The people gathered around outside the room. And there's glass on uh, all four walls. And on one of the walls is where the producer would sit. And so the producer was doing the show, producing the show, and then everybody else was watching. All the family members, the employees, were standing around watching because there's this this talk show. And I gave the phone number out, and nobody called. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man," because they said that probably will, nobody will call, uh, because you know who's this guy in the radio? They're going to listen a little bit before they're going to call. And so uh, it, it took. Uh, I can't remember for sure if the if within that first hour they actually called or not, and it was without breaks. I did I did like fifteen sixteen years of radio without any breaks, no breaks. You know like we have breaks here on this on this network, which is fine, and none there. So I had to fill in an hour, and I did, and uh, I think we got a call. I think we did I got a call, call or two, and uh, they said oh, you did great. You know it was fun, and that's how it started. And it took about two weeks before it was comfortable. See right now. I get on the radio, eh, it's no big deal. I just, I've just i been doing it for so long, I'm so comfortable on the, on the air. If I make a mistake, I don't care. And believe me, I make mistakes. My wife just said amen again for some unknown reason downstairs. She probably said, hey, what did I say that again for? So other than that, there you go. And um, boy, a lot of stuff there, huh? So I, I, you know, I enjoy radio. I, I really do. Uh, I have the voice for radio. That's what people tell me. And the face for radio That's what people tell me So hey, I'm blessed in both areas So there you go If you want to give me a call, 4 open lines 877-207-2276 Let's get to Buskman from Ohio Buskman, welcome in You are on the air
0: Oh, it's always good talking to you, Matt No, I wouldn't say you have a face for radio, brother You look just like my brother My oldest (laughs) brother That could be good or bad it's actually good uh, okay. So you, I, I tuned in and watched you on um, what was it the the uh, YouTube channel I watched you live and I was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh he looks like my brother Chris <laughs> so so anyway that's a very poor very man. high compliment he was a good man
1: oh he was a good man well that's good and when people say that hey you look just like so and so I say oh that poor guy yeah that's what I say <laughs> but uh my wife, she is, uh, she's very photogenic, um, and she's a good-looking woman. And so, when she's on camera, she just looks good. I look like a yeah. a, a bag of logs that rolled down a hill, but she looks good. <laughs> so, so, what do you got, big man?
0: My question, there, Mister Slick. Who was Simon the Zealot, one of the twelve that Jesus chose, and what was a Zealot, Matt?
1: okay a zealot was a political group a political movement that's where we get the word zealot from they were okay. almost fanatical in what they believed that should and should not be done and they uh were very politically motivated and they even trained in uh, weaponry and things like that in order to uh, foment rebellion and uh, a movement to uh, to resist the roman empire they were zealots okay
0: very laconic of an answer i was expecting more but wow why well, do you suppose it's quick and just... slick i love that i love that <laughs> i'm I'm actually trying to learn to be more quick and slick um a secret so, i can tell you how uh, i would this... love it
1: let me ask you a question here when you're upset and you give an answer to something you just say it straight like it is
0: I do, and usually it's pretty salty. I'm a man of unclean lips sometimes, brother, that lives in a land of unclean lips. <laughs> well, ne- if you can just get... Never, uh, cursing, but...
1: Okay. Yeah. If you can get rid of the saltiness and retain the brevity and you yeah. as a focus, that's the answer. I was doing it today uh, on, on a chat thing, and someone asked me a question. I said, yes. Dead quiet. Everybody else will give you a 15-minute answer. Do you believe that Jesus yeah. is God in flesh? Yes, I do. Okay, next. next. <laughs> what, what's new? Well, why do you believe that? <coughs> I'll, I'll say it's because the scriptures teach it. And I can give you the references if you're interested. And I can give you a dissertation or a, a Bible study on it if you want. But the Bible teaches yeah. it. You know. I want quick and slick answers. In fact, I'm having a problem on TV, uh, on YouTube, watching people, uh, these videos people will produce. Like, uh, James Webb just made an incredible uh, discovery. It's a 15-minute video. And well, where's the discovery? Let's see it. Well, you know, back in 1842, when they first started looking at the star, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care what's the, you know. And so, uh, this is a problem I have if I do videos. Well, what's the Trinity? One God in three distinct, simultaneous, co-eternal persons. They're distinct from the other, but uh, they share the divine essence in the ec- and the uh, ontological Trinity. But difference in function in the ec- economic Trinity. Next, I don't, that's, that's me.
0: <laughs> I love well, it, it. Works,
1: it works great in yeah. marriage too. When you, <laughs> when
0: your, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your wife, amen.
1: Well your wife says, "Did yeah. you pick up the the avocados at the store?" No, I forgot. And answer? it's
0: truthful to the point. Yeah. Well, why did is you that, not remember? Being uh, quick and slick is, is truthful and too, or factual and to the point?
1: Yes, it's a blessing that my wife has to deal with in my uh, direct answer ability that yeah. uh, just gives her the information. And, and you know how ladies are. I love them. Uh, you know, did you get the avocados? No, I didn't. Well, what car did you take? uh the small one and what route did you take uh went north and uh how long were you in the store uh 33 minutes and 42 seconds uh all these questions you know yeah and so i say to my wife sometimes i'll i'll say no i didn't get the avocados i don't have any other information to any other questions if you were to ask them to me
0: stop to the other one yeah
1: yeah, and then she gives yep. me this weird look. She does this a lot. She stares at me. Her eyelids are half mass and she rubs her forehead. I'm like, "What's wrong? Well, I just gave a good answer." Yeah, she's got issues. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. The,
1: yeah, the issues are two. They're called Matt and slick. That's that's her, those are her issues. That's <laughs> anyway. good
0: stuff. Um, on the zealotry of Jesus' time in the first century, there, Matt. Um. What were they about? Were they Maccabean? Was, what was going on? Why did Simon... Why why wasn't he just a, a a rabbi wannabe or a fisherman? What paid his bills? What paid Simon's bills? Oh, I don't know. If he was a political activist.
1: It doesn't mean that when you're a political activist that they don't have farm work to do or families that okay. they take care of. Uh, it means, like... A lot of people that they might be you know, an engineer, a doctor, a waitress, waiter, and they are also a Democrat, a republican, an independent okay. you know whatever. and they might hold to those views uh, very uh, devotedly and are willing to act upon them. So that's what the zealots were, but they were, from what I understand also a little bit more interested in actually preparing the way think of them as preppers. Of preppers. Okay. Yeah, they'll go out in the practice. They'll do this, they'll do that. They're waiting for uh, when everything turns Mad Max. And so uh, think of the zealots as preppers for the fall okay. of Rome or the assisting of the fall of Rome. And they it's a political movement, and so they, would, uh, they were ready. And so Judas was a zealot. And so one of the theories is, it's just a theory, is that he tried to force Jesus' hand. By yeah. turning him in, forcing him to do a miracle to get the revolution started—that's just a theory. We can't
0: substantiate it, but given the yeah. information, you know, it's a possibility. But you know, we don't know. But Simon the Zealot—he—he he wasn't the son of perdition. Um, so, what would Simon be in the 21st century then, Matt?
1: Um, you know, I, I would think of—I I like the analogy of a prepper. Because they're just in prepper. society, same, same thing. Okay. yeah, just, not an oath
0: keeper or well, anything. You know, there's, there's different
1: kinds, you know, and different kinds of. And uh,
0: was he a god person? Did did he? Oh yeah. Was was he? Okay. So everybody he, he was revere- All the Jews,
1: all the Jews were. Sure. Hey, hold on. Okay, we got a awesome. break. Okay, buddy. Hey, folks. We have three open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276 two zero seven two two seven six. We'll be right back, please. Stay tuned.
0: It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back to the show. Just want to say thanks for listening. And if you want to give me a call, all you got to do. All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get back to Buskman. Are you still there? I am still here, Matt. All right. So do we need
0: more Simon the Zealots in our country today, Matt?
1: Yes, but in a godly way. We need Christians who are zealots for the faith, not in a harmful, ungodly way. But we need them to um, be people who will be zealous for the truth of the gospel. We need that.
0: We do. Do you think that we're lacking that as a nation based on what yes. happens in our Christian churches here in America?
1: Yeah, there's a form of zealotry, but there's not a united zealotry. People are willing as Christians, true Christians, to be able to stand up for the faith. But because we're so denominationally minded and subgroup and sub churches working it's difficult to get cross-pollination. So for example, you know, I'm a, I'm a Calvinist who's all male and, and bre- believes in the charismatic gifts. Let's just say that I went to, to uh, 20 churches in the area, Baptist churches, Presbyterian churches, non-denominational churches, and I said, look, I'm a Christian apologist, and I'd like to offer my services. and You can check me out and do interviews, make sure I'm okay, just to be able to come in and maybe if you are interested, answer questions, teach theology, and uh, answer about the cults and how to witness to Mormons, mm-hmm. and you know, just you know, I've been doing this for forty-two years. I'm not saying I got all the answers, but would you be interested? None would say yes.
0: Hmm. Why is opinion. that, Matt?
1: Well, they see my face for one thing, and then they're not interested. <laughs> and then they hear my last name and uh, Slick, not interested. And there is a sense, in my opinion. A sense of independence that, um, wow. that that exists, and I've actually thought about it years and years ago. Was to be a a, a roaming um, preacher, teacher. The preacher's not the right word. Uh, a teacher in different churches, and to to equip their people. And I'm not saying I can do a job that the pastors can't do. I'm better. I'm not saying that. But you know, when you get a specialist who works on this and can produce the information and go and provide. You know, you'd know, you think it might be a good idea, but it's never, it's just not going to work. The churches don't want that.
0: Well, that's a shame because I have been following CARM. I've uh, been going to your website uh, for, a, well, since the mid or late 90s, Matt. And Mid-May one of the first, started, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, one of the first uh, helps that you provided through your website was for when I was uh, speaking with some LDS folks, um, mm-hmm. a couple young men showed up on their bicycles, and thanks to your uh, uh, Christian Apologetics Research Ministry website, I was able to get a, I mean, just a wide, uh, bountiful amount of information of the Latter-day Saints, and I was able to speak the truth to him in love rather than just kick him off the porch, and that was a, that's an awesome thing, Matt. So I, I do have to say thank you, sir, for all the research that you've done. And though you might, I hey, if you're ever in the uh, Dayton, Ohio area, I would love to take you out for coffee, and and I would love to be able to plug you into, you know, if I had the ability to to plug you into a, a, a the church that I would be a part of. Currently, I'm in between churches, actually. Keep me in your mm-hmm. prayers, but I I am interviewing. In fact, I'm using your. Um, you have a list on Carm on how to find a good church, and I think those are excellent yeah. questions. So anybody out there listening to the Matt Slick show right now, he does have. If you're looking for a church like me, he does have a resource on his website that gives you a list of uh, of, of of kind of a checklist of what to look for in a good good solid uh, Christian mm-hmm. church. So thank you for that, Matt. But <clears throat> I would love to have you, you know, speak at a Bible study, or that would be awesome, honestly. Um, yeah, I, but once again, I'm a, I'm a Slick fan from from way back, so well, um, I appreciate that. But but thank you for what you do. And um, anytime I get a question that comes in my head, and and out here in Ohio, it, you come on at 6 p.m. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to call Matt Slick and see if I can get this because I've always wondered, or it's funny, Matt. Sometimes I'll run into a portion of my life, and I'm like, I don't quite know the answer to that. But hey, Matt Slick comes on at six o'clock, so hold on, brother. Wait, either tune in, or you know, I'll post the question to him, see if he'll put me on the air, or I, I glean the information from you, sir, and I download it to my friends, family who's ever uh, inquiring of me of a certain topic. So I'm you sure. are you are an awesome uh, resource. For those yeah. who uh, have the internet, or uh, I'm listening to you on uh, 106.5 here in Dayton, Ohio, and I, I just think, tell Stu Epperson thanks for reaching us down here in Dayton, because he's based in Toledo, if I remember right. That's where our repeaters start, right. is up in Toledo, Ohio, and I'm way southwest of Toledo. Okay. So just wanted to make a shout out, and, and thanks for the information on uh, on Zealotry.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, it's there on CARM, and, and thank you for your kind words. The goal is, uh, my goal is to equip the body of Christ, to give him information. Amen. I have a rare privilege of being able to do this full time. And, uh, you know, I've been able to do it full time now for about 17 years on Karm just full time. And before that, I did it for many years with a job. And so, wow. uh, you know, I put it into Karm, and it's there for free. And, and that's it. We just want people to get grounded in the truth.
0: You know? Yeah, and thanks so. for that, Matt. And and tell your dear wife that allows you to be on uh, the radio for an hour. That it's it's she's really, if it is a sacrifice, it, it really is reaping a lot of rewards. I know it has in my life, Matt. And that's the truth, well, brother.
1: She wouldn't call it a sacrifice. She'd call it a blessing because I, I it's <laughs> not around her for that hour to bother her and ask her. You know, so she's like, oh, go do radio. It's okay. Go do radio." So you know. Um, it took about 20 minutes after she said, I do, to say, uh-oh, I'm done. So I think that's what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for everything you do, Matt, and blessings to you. And I'm sure uh, I'll be calling the Matt Slick uh, Live program in the probably in the near future. So thank you for being there, Matt.
1: All right, man. And what, one last question. I'm going to look on Google Maps. Where What city are you in?
0: Dayton. Okay. The look. home of aviation. Oh, okay. Yep, the Wright okay. the Wright brothers is their house is not too far from where I live.
1: Oh, that'd be fun to see.
0: Oh it is, God. and if you're ever in the Dayton, Ohio area, Matt and all your listeners, come visit the Wright Patterson Air Force Base uh, Museum. It's free. It's awesome. I mean, they have artifacts in there that will blow your mind. I take my daughter there. She wants to be a uh, she wants to be in in astronomy, and she likes to go. And see the NASA exhibit, and it's it's just it's just a really really good resource. I'm very very proud of it as a as a Daytonian. I actually grew up in a town just uh, southeast of Dayton, but uh, but it's considered the Dayton area. And uh, it's just it it's it's a it's a wonderful resource, uh, the Wright Patterson Air Force Base Museum. Yep, and it's free. It, it all goes on right. donations, so you don't have to pay to get in.
1: All right, well praise God now, praise God. Thanks for calling, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Bye-bye. God right, bless. Okay. All right. Why don't we just jump on the air and get on with, uh, oh, we have four open lines you want to give me a call, 877 2276 There's the break. Sorry, Ryan, hold on. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Please stay tuned.
2: slick live
0: taking your calls at 877-207-2276 here's
1: matt slick everybody welcome back to the show we have uh three open lines if you want to give me a call and just let me remind you that we're doing an end of year matching funds drive if you want to support the show and you want to uh, keep the ministry on here and uh other things please consider supporting us we ask five dollars a month all you got to do is go to Carm.org, C-A-R-M.org, forward slash donate. All the information you need's right there. We ask five dollars a month, and whatever you donate, whether it's five dollars a month, more, or one-time donation, uh, it'll be matched. We have a, a donor who's going to match whatever comes in, and boy, do we need it. We could certainly use it. Please consider supporting us. Let's get to Ryan from Pennsylvania. Ryan, welcome. You're on the air.
2: Um. <clears throat> Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you, uh, you inviting me to call anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at your transcendental argument for God on karma, and, um, I noticed your examples of the laws of logic. Um, law of identity, uh, something is what it is. Something that exists has a specific nature. Law of non-contradiction, something cannot be itself and not itself at the same time, same way, in the same sense. And the law of excluded middle, a statement is either true or, or false. Thus, a statement, a statement is true or false, is either true or false. Um, and I was curious. Does, the, as you stated them, um, is the law of identity and the law of non-contradiction are they applied to objects only, and the law of excluded middle only applied to statements only, or are they interchangeable?
1: Well, it depends in which context what you're talking about. But the law of identity is sometimes, some philosophers think that all the subsequent laws are derived out of that one, since that which is itself cannot contradict itself. Hence, the second law, LNC. But the statements, uh, that's what uh, Law of Excluded Middle, LEM, stands for. Statements cannot be both true and false. So the answer is right there in the the laws themselves.
2: Well, my my question is still... Is, is the law of identity and contradiction, non-contradiction, only applied to objects? You know, you you say something no. is that's an object, then so and non-contradiction something cannot be itself. Is it? What else is it applied to? Is it also applied to statements?
1: Are you when you say object, you mean abstract objects or material objects? On, no, you or what a conceptual.
2: You're you're saying you're saying something, something is what it is. Yeah. Is that uh, an object or is that a conceptual object? What is it? Um, it can a be whatever law of identity only apply to that, or
1: what? It can be whatever we're talking about, the laws of logic themselves. It can be a concept that has actuality. Um, but in the abstract con- conceptual thing, in particular, concrete particulars are those things that are the manifestations of the universal abstract principles. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it just it's an open-ended statement, and those who are familiar with these things would understand the open-endedness of it intentionally.
2: Well, um, as, as I said, you, you you use the first two and say some things, and then the third one, you say a statement. That's the reason why I'm asked, because, because. Um, it's my understanding from 35 years of studying logic that both the law of identity and the law of non-contradiction and the law of excluded middle are all applied to statements about objects rather than the objects themselves. Well, yeah, that was yeah the you the can distinction say that. distinction that I would make.
1: Sure, that's fine. You know? I don't have any problem with that.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... I would like to um, send you a response to your transcendental argument for God uh, by email. Sure. Because sure. I believe I can destroy it completely, end to end, at just about every okay. single step, and um, okay. uh, without destroying the Christian worldview, because I am Christian. So I, okay. I think that it's a, um, a bogus um, proof, and um, I believe it is flawed from beginning to end, and I'd like to show it to you, and I'd like okay. you to respond.
1: Just put in there right. the permission Thank you to... much put in a, the permission to reproduce it on CARM with a response.
2: Absolutely. I'll be okay. glad to.
1: So let me ask you, Hi. do you believe in, in transcendentals at all?
2: Um, how do you recognize something that is transcendental? You
1: have to def- I said do you believe in transcendentals. In words, do you know what they are, right?
2: Hang on. Sure. Um, here's, here's my question, though. Is, let's say object A is transcendental and object B is not transcendental. How do you distinguish between the two?
1: Because transcendentals are abstracts. They're abstractions.
2: Okay. Um, again, how do you recognize them? Uh, that one, one a, a is a transcendental and B is not?
1: Like, for example, the idea are, of... of of uh, the the it's a transcendental necessity to say a equals a the law of identity it's a transcendental it's not dependent upon space and time for its validity hence the idea of transcendence so the the nature of the law of identity is not dependent upon space and time so hence it has transcendental quality it's, we just recognize it by by looking at it
2: okay so a rock that weighs three pounds or rock a weighs three pounds is that a transcendental or is that not
1: the concept of rockness and weight has transcendental necessity and we're talking about the manifestation here of the one in the many, the the issue of singularity universals and particular manifestations and that's all that's going on there
2: okay if you're in, when you're talking about transcendental is uh, do I believe that there are some things that are always true sure of course there are if that is what you mean by transcendental um, and um, so yes I do believe in transcendental if that's your definition
1: Okay, so then transcendentals have particular manifestations, right? Like duck, an individual duck, an individual tree, for example. The idea sure. of treeness is a transcendental, right?
2: Okay, Okay. So yes.
1: i got a question for you. What's the ultimate nature of the universe then? Is it one or many? Transcendentals or particular? Well,
2: the the problem with saying that uh, duck participates in duckness and tree participates in, treeness and things of that nature, is that you have completely adopted uh, Platonic idealism, and Platonic idealism has collapsed. And so, um, and there's nothing Christian, in fact, there's nothing more anti-Christian than idealism. It had its flower in the 19th century, and it has collapsed. So uh, you're borrowing from uh, not a Christian worldview, but a uh, pagan Greek worldview that preceded uh, Christianity. And, uh, and again, that, that has uh, already collapsed and uh, is um, uh, no longer relevant to uh, the Christian uh, worldview in a postmodern world.
1: I reject platonic idealism. I don't believe it's correct, and I have publicly stated that I reject it. And furthermore, it says in Romans one twenty, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Mm. So God is Trinitarian in his nature, right? Correct. So how is his divine Trinitarian nature clearly seen in creation?
2: Because he's the creator of it, just like uh, the uh, the artist's... Um uh, himself is inside a work of art or a piece of sculpture. He, he is eminent within His creation because He created it.
1: Since God is both the one and the many, in that He is one being in three persons, that's why I affirm the truth of that actuality. And since the Bible says His divine nature seen in creation, creation, in my opinion, is in three categories. We have uh, the material, We have the spiritual, and we have the conceptual. Now, the conceptual in God's mind is eternal, and God is in that spiritual category, too. But the main areas that we understand are God's, uh, excuse me, the material world, the spiritual world, the conceptual world, which is Trinitarian in itself. And I see each of those having three subdivisions within themselves. So would you then agree that the transcendental necessities and the things that we wouldn't know are actually reflections of the infinite knowledge of the mind of God? For example, tree-ness, which is something that God has created in his mind, and and then, in the created order, we, we recognize particular trees. Would that not be consistent with the idea of God's divine nature being clearly seen in creation?
2: No. Man, I love
1: your answer. You made me laugh, you laugh? because well, you, you gave a matte answer. Just one syllable. Well, and well, I loved it.
2: Thing. Here's the thing. The reason we see God in his creation is because he created it. Just like we see the artist in... Uh, an artist rendition of a salt sculpture or a painting. We um, um, we um, see things like, and by the way, they are not um, abstract objects, but the laws of logic are extracted models from existence or reality. So, in other <sighs> words, we see a whole bunch of dogs and we say all dogs are mammals. We see a whole bunch of men, and we say all men are mortal. We extract these things from the world around us. They are extracted nope. models. They're not uh, realities themselves, but just like mathematics, we take two dogs and two dogs, and we say two plus two equals four. We extract out that model from existence to reality, and that's how we come about with logic as well.
1: That's an atheist argument. The problem with it is that you have to presuppose certain ideas and certain things, which you presuppose the validity of the law of identity in order to even have the statement that they're extracted from them or model extractions from actuality. You have to presuppose a uniformity of nature. All. Yes, it is no, because you have to presuppose no. you have to presuppose the law of identity in order to even have the question or the, even the discussion. Well, you have to. There,
2: here's what you need to resu- presuppose. You have to presuppose that we are existent creatures in an existent world, and when we encounter things in this existent world, we know things. That's it, and you can draw the rest from that. Whether that's an atheist viewpoint or not, nonetheless, it is absolutely accurate, and it is correct. And it uh, does not rely on anything else being presupposed.
1: Are the laws of logic properties of the physical world? They're transcendent in their nature.
2: They are not properties of the physical world, but they are Ooh. things that we extract out from the physical they're, they're world. They're
1: abstract entities that are apprehended by different minds. That's another topic. Hey, we're out of time, though. Okay, we got to go. But thanks for the conversation. Write that okay. stuff out. Send to me. Okay. I have this discussion on a weekly basis with atheists, just about weekly. We've been doing it for years, so I'm very familiar with it. I love the topic. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back to the show. Now, for those of you who had no idea what (laughs) that guy and I were talking about beforehand, uh, these are some of the topics I get involved with, with atheists and other groups um, on a regular basis dealing with these kind of uh, highfalutin topics, and uh, I enjoy it, you know, and to me, it just shows a greater majesty and glory of God, Um, and so, you know, there you go. If you don't understand it, that's okay. It took me a while to to get it, uh, to be able to argue about it, uh, you know, at 40 miles an hour. So, hey, look, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial eight seven seven Let's get to Gary from Georgia. Gary, welcome. You're on the air.
3: Hey Matt, appreciate that, but sure. there's um. You had a couple callers that one was uh, it, he was out of date, and he was he said he was in between the church. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a great church to recommend. It, it could be on your list. I haven't checked it. Can I just give that to you? Sure. Yeah, it's called uh. The pastor is Ken, but it's Quest. It's Quest Church in Middletown, Ohio.
1: Middletown, Ohio. There's
3: no question. Okay. Yeah, I I got saved um, you know, about 15 months ago, and I remember going I, – I now moved out of state. But man, there's no question this church is amazing here, um, and, and the Lord sent me there. I went there for about as long as I lived there. If I actually moved back, I would go there again. Um, okay. But I could give you the phone number if you wanted to, or –
1: well, he can look it up, but I'm okay. looking at uh, their staff, okay. making sure there's no women pastors. That's good.
3: No, 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 no. I don't listen to women pastors either yet. Not going to call it good. Enough good. Like
1: and then what yeah. we believe, I'm checking that out right Actually, now.
3: Actually, sorry, that's Methodist, isn't it?
1: The women well, a pastors? Lot of, a lot of bad churches have women pastors and elders. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, I, not, mm-hmm. I know
1: that's not biblical.
3: That's right, it's not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's off of Hendricks Road. Um,. There's a male, so he's male, he, he's the senior, Ken would be the senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would never recommend it. I know the Lord sent me there, and a friend of mine yeah. was there, and that's kind of why I went. But
1: okay. You look at the statement about, of faith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there it goes. That's a much better one. Oh. Oh, I like this. I don't even what have do time. Think? Well, they're going through the statement of faith. I'm looking at it, and I don't even have enough time to go over it. That's because it's oh, big. Okay. That's good. No, that's a good sign. Oh, yeah, and, great, great, great.
3: No, 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 I was going to say, yeah. brother, I'm, honestly, you know the Spirit can't, uh, I mean, can The Spirit wouldn't have me there. Um, okay. That's how I feel about it, you
1: know. Okay, and uh, looking at the their return, they don't, oh, they're not promoting any particular uh, millennial view. They seem to be open. Oh, I'm sure they like that. Oh, good for them. And, uh,
3: I want to say oh, it yeah. says, I want to say I read... You know, it's like an alliance. Does that, you know what that is?
1: Yeah, it's an alliance, yeah. It okay. One group yeah. might align itself with another and have a tenuous uh, alliance, depending on circumstances and conditions. But okay. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, he's a great pastor, but I mean, this Good. you know, I knew That's I felt, good. I felt at home when I, I felt at home, I mean, I drove, I lived in Cincinnati and. You know, I, I drove past, I don't know how many churches to get there, but I didn't need, at the time, you know, looking back at it, I'm like, wow, the Lord clearly sent me there. I, I can't speak that for everybody, but uh, okay. well, good. the guy that, you know, he yeah. can very well. But, yeah. Well, it if, looks good from what
1: I've well. seen. Yeah, it looks oh, good. yeah, so, I,
3: I can tell you.
1: Okay. So what I do you got, then? Uh, What's your question? And
3: No, yeah, uh, well, you know, about that atheist, uh, it's funny how... Uh, Ryan, the
1: guy you, you know, just called? Don't most, yeah, don't most was,
3: atheists just... Confirm their atheist. He said he was Christian.
1: Yeah, I've talked to him before. He, but, he uh, has a decent understanding okay. of Trinitarian theology and affirms it. But uh, gotcha. in my opinion, uh, he he misses the boat on on a few of these philosophical issues. Let's just say that's my opinion. He'll say the same thing about me. Sure. And what's good about him is he doesn't take offense to statements like that. Just like I don't. We just disagree. So hopefully, he'll write me mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think I've got a lot of people who are supposed to do that, and I want to reproduce the articles and then respond to them. And, uh, you know, so I do this regularly Absolutely. with atheists. Absolutely. I got lost I was
3: trying to follow you guys.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. Let me, let me explain it briefly. It
3: didn't sound biblical to me. But...
1: Well, it, if you think about it, God is a trinity, one God in three persons. He's both one okay. and many at the same time. That's that's just it. Okay. Philosophers have been wondering about something about reality, What is the ultimate form of reality? Is it one thing, one substance with many particular forms of it? Or is it a bunch of different things that we're perceiving? So there's only two possibilities. It's one thing or it's not the case that it's one thing. Just simple logic. So if it's one thing and everything's the same one thing, trees and ducks and statements and people and water and clouds, then... If it's all one thing, how is that possible? It doesn't quite make sense. And if everything's one thing, how do you have distinctions by which you can make truth statements? So it, it's just part of the discussion. If everything's many, like a bunch of trees, a bunch of birds, you know, each individual tree and each individual bird, the individual things are what's ultimate. That's what the universe is made of, of particulars. Well, if that's the case, how do you bring unity to them? Since the a bunch of trees you understand the concept of tree, what unites them? Is it an imposed idea? I see those multiple trees, so I'm going to conclude that there's a quality called treeness, but if that's the case, what about your brain? Does it say the same thing because if it does say the same thing, then how are we saying the same thing? But what if it disagrees, and your idea of tree is different than mine well then. How do we know which is correct, which is the universal truth? So that undermines truth values as well. This is a serious discussion that's been going on. And what the discussion does is set one against the other. The one, treeness, or individuals of trees, and they say one of those is ultimate. That's the wrong approach. In Christianity, the one and the many are are equally ultimate in the nature of God. God is the author of tree-ness and the author of individual trees. They have their coherence in the mind and work of God and in his creative work. Neither one is ultimate, but God is ultimate, who's behind them all, and we look to the ultimacy in him. And that's the solution that the Trinity gets. That's the short version of stuff. Amen to
3: that, bud. Yeah.
1: I I could add more. Trust me, I could
2: add more.
3: (laughs) But I don't yeah, want to you're right about that going forty miles an hour. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, I get
1: it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want people to go comatose while they're driving. You know,
3: some of those guys get, get exhausted. I'm, like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting at home. I'm, I'm just standing. Well, there. here,
1: check this out. Okay, I'll have a little bit more fun. So there's three realms: material, spiritual, and conceptual. Material is time, space, matter. That's three. Spiritual is God, man, and angels. That's three. Conceptual is knowledge, reason, and ethics. And that's three.
3: Oh okay. I
1: didn't know. So, I see the Trinity, not just the being of God, he's the creator, he happens to be triune, but I see the Trinity as the creator of all things, but the condition of existence itself that's reflected in the nature of God. So the actuality reflects God's Trinitarianism. Actuality consists of the material, spiritual, and conceptual realm, and each one of those is derived into three itself. I see the realms of existence as Trinitarian and each of those to have threeness and within them as they reflect God, because it says his eternal power and divine nature are seen in creation. Well I started thinking about that. Well, what does that mean? His divine nature, his divine nature is Trinitarian, but it's also one, one and many. So we can understand that reason. For example, is what we're talking about—the laws of logic—they are universal. That's one with particular manifestations of them in your brain and my brain. That's many. And God's behind it all. Anyway, there's a little bit more, but I don't want to get too much into it because i will kill you guys. Because it'll a yeah. One better.
3: last thing, real quick. Now they're all they're sure. all equal. So the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is is all equal. Right. Yes. Right.
1: Okay. Equal, equal in their ultimacy, yes. Yes, now within the doctrine of the Trinity, we have the equal ultimacy of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but there's a hierarchical um, difference. It is the Father who sent the Son, and it's the Father and the Son who send the Holy Spirit. There is within this discussion what's called the eternal generation of the Son, where the Son proceeds from the Father. So people will ask the question, does it then mean that the procession of the Son from the Father means he had a beginning. If he had a beginning, then how can he be divine? So this is called temporal procession, that there was a beginning in time or in the existence of God when the Word was not and proceeded and was generated from God the Father. That would be a heresy. Then we get into the solution here of what's called temporal priority in that the three members of the Godhead always had their eternal existence, or the three persons. But that, uh, logically, one is generated from the other. But that they are each eternal. How that works, I don't know. But it's like electricity and light. When both are in the light bulb, uh, then light is present. But electricity is what generates the light, not light generating the electricity, but both are there simultaneously from the very beginning. And I use that logical analogy that's called logical priority in relationship to the Trinitarian essence. There are things about God we cannot comprehend, but I'm enjoying the discussion and and the examination of the very nature of God's essence in all things. And and before it was, well, God just made the physical world and he's outside of it and he looks into it and we, we act. I'm thinking, wait a minute, there's more to it. Even in the idea of our understanding of actuality, God is necessary for us to even have that ability to understand. And that the very nature of reality exists itself. The nature of logic and reason, conceptuality, uh, transcendentals, all of these, are. they have their place because they reflect the mind of God. And so when I'm thinking like this, I'm thinking, there's something more that is so awesomely beyond the comprehension of our existence of how God relates to actuality it's like mathematics why does mathematics work in a physical world math is conceptual math occurs in the mind you don't find 2 plus 2 equals 4 under a rock I'll say 2 plus 2 is 4 or what's 3 times 3 and you'll give me the answer 3 times 3 is 9 well that's because it's a conceptual thing Why does the conceptual Consistence of actuality work In the real world Now Ryan said we observe these things The ideas of logic in patterns But in order to see that you have to exist You have to have a mind You have to presuppose certain things In order to be able to recognize consistency And you have to assume universality In order to recognize patterns Because if there's not a universal system Of of regularity You can't trust that your conclusions Are universally true and so what must be in place for the this the, the mathematics to work in a physical world? And I've been thinking about this for a long time. And I don't have the answers. I'm not that smart. There are guys out there who make me look like an idiot. And, oh, it's true. And so they, they write these articles. Why does math work? Well, the, I'm thinking it works because... The Trinitarian essence of God who is the one and the many and the universals of mathematical truths exist in the mind of God and he has somehow connected them to actuality and God himself is a bridge between the actual and the potential in his own mind and that everything has its place of substance in him who holds all things together, even our transcendental necessities if that made any sense oh, man. and there's the music, we've got to go Sorry about that, brother. But you got me going. Call back tomorrow. We'll talk some more. All right, brother. God bless. Hey, everybody. That was fun. Talk to you tomorrow. Another program powered by the Truth Network.